Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is May 15th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the magic of trees. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, grudges are for those who insist that they are owed something. Forgiveness, however, is for those who are substantial enough to move on by Chris Jamie. And I agree with that. I think that really relates to something I said last week about how, um, you know, friendships I've had that have ended when I can look back on them and and I'm grateful for them. And I remember the good times and I'm happy for the good times. I'm grateful for those good times. And I don't harbor any resentment. Like that, in my opinion, is the uh, epitome of moving on, you know? And that's not to say you don't... um, forget, right? You need to remember maybe patterns that weren't great so that you can protect yourself in the future, but I genuinely do believe that. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Dark Fae, which is a mate. I'm going to take a sip. Mm. After drinking a cup of this trickster mate blend, you'll feel ready to join the Fae army and take on your day. Traditional yerba mate elegantly balances the spirit of chai spices and the essence of tropical fruit undertones, culminating in a graceful mosaic of flavors. Not for the faint of heart, this is one herbal blend that will give you the fey energy you need to get through the even the toughest of days. And it is from Sipispell. And we do have a new tea coming out super soon. I am so excited to talk about it and share it and I'm over the moon and I just designed the packaging last week and it is off to the tea package printer people and I'm just over the moon over the moon I'm not going to lie. When we started doing this, you know, we we started it with just like really limited quantities and we were raising money for, you know, all these charities. And I actually got stopped by someone. Do you? I don't know if you guys remember, but we did a, I think the nature conservation is what we donated uh, a lot of our tea profits to one time. And uh, there's a spot on Magazine Street where a lot of these play, these uh, charities like to set up and get people. And I, I think I was walking by with Lefty, one of our listeners and, um, you know, previous uh, podcast uh, producer, and we were walking by and they were going, hey, can we talk to you for a second? And I'm like, oh, because it's all because like they have to say their their, their pitch. And I just I'm ti- like, I'm tired a lot and it's hot outside a lot. and I just want to go. <laughs> so I always feel really guilty, but I'm like, oh. And they're like, oh, like nature conservator. I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I've, I, I've already donated. And they're like, oh, where's your tree planted? I'm like, I'm gonna be really honest. I don't read the letters. <laughs> I just give them money and I go about my day. <laughs> like that's, that's all I want to do. Um, but now 
because it's because it's like more of a regular thing and it's now its own shop instead of um uh this more random thing i'm now able to make teas that like i really like and this new one coming out is another us only i made this recipe i created this tea blend it does not exist elsewhere um so i'm just very excited to share it and it feels really exciting and i really really love making these recipes and it's just so fun and yeah also there are two of you who i am so sorry you ordered tea a month ago i just found your orders under a stack of uh, postcards. <gasps> I don't know how no one reached out to me like WTF. I have no idea. I am so sorry. I just sent them. I feel like a monster. Um, actually, was it Anton Yelchin? It might have been. It might have been Anton Yelchin who um, who is sadly passed away but I remember when I was young I like wrote him a letter because I really liked a movie he did and uh he wrote back and sent me an autograph and I think he said I am so sorry um and this was before uh Star Trek he said oh I'm so sorry like your letter <laughs> like I it took me so long to get back to you your letter got stuck somewhere but here's this really old headshot and it was a headshot of him when he was a child and it was just really cute but yeah, I basically lost uh, your label, so I'm so sorry. As you can tell, it's Monday because I'm just chit-chatting away as if we don't have things to do. So let's move on. The uh, Dark Fae. The Dark Fae tea has yerba mate, green rooibos, cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, orange, lemongrass, aniseed, mango pieces, papaya, uh, pineapple pieces, almond, cinnamon flavor. So we're going to talk about cardamom, which... Is there anything better? I have a little container of cardamom, and I treat that like it's gold. Uh, cardamom is special. So let's talk about cardamom. And we're talking about cardamom this whole week. So we're going to talk a little bit about the history. So cardamom is a spice that comes from the seeds of, of, of uh, various plants in the ginger family. It is native to Southern India and grown in Guatemala, which is the largest producer and exporter of this spice in the world. It has a strong aroma similar to cloves and the taste is also strong. And some say it's like a combination of ginger and cinnamon, which I guess I never thought about that, but like I can see it. Uh, others say it has a more unique minty taste and hints of lemon. Um, hmm. I would, I would say I do think it's closer to the ginger cinnamon, but it really is such a special thing all in of itself. Uh, however, since it has a strong flavor, a little goes a long way and the spice is used in Indian and Middle Eastern cuisine. So cardamom is considered to be one of the world's oldest spices. This use of the spice dates back at least 4,000 years. Ancient Egyptians used cardamom for many medicinal purposes as part of rituals and even for embalming. They chewed cardamom pods as a way to keep their breath minty and to keep their teeth clean. The Greeks and Romans used cardamom for its pungent aroma. It was a main ingredient in perfumes and oils. Vikings discovered this spice during their travels and brought it to Scandinavia. Cardamom originally came from wild plants located in um, the in southern India, 
And the plants grew in such abundance in the region that it became known as Cardamom Hill. During the 19th century, plantations of cardamom were set up by British colonists, and this is where much of the green and black cardamom we still use come from today. So Guatemala is the biggest commercial producer of, of cardamom, and in some places of Guatemala, it is even considered more valuable than a cup of, than, ooh, sorry, it is considered even more valuable than coffee as a crop. So... Super neat. Yeah, and I can totally see that it's thousands and thousands of years old. If I had to guess, like, what is the oldest spice? Honestly, cardamom is up there. Um, it just, it really has the pungentness of ancient, I don't know, it just, it had, it feels like it's just been cultivating for all of humanity. All right, which is moving into some headlines. This is a weird one. But I saw it and I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. So this is from Yahoo Entertainment, which as we know, top notch. <laughs> top notch reporting. I think we had another Yahoo one that was a mess. Anyways. David Bowie used to store his urine in a fridge as he feared that Jimmy Page and a satanic coven planned to steal his bodily fluids to conceive the Antichrist. Let's dig in. <laughs> this actually, if anyone hasn't seen uh, What We Do in the Shadows, I think it's season three. There's literally an episode with this plot. Written by Paul Branahan. Sorry, Paul. In the 1970s, David Bowie and Jimmy Page bonded over their shared interest in esoteric beliefs, specifically the teachings of occult guru Aleister Crowley, the philosopher, ma uh, magician, poet, and painter who delighted in the title, The Wickedest Man in the World. But the pair's relationship went sour to the point that Bowie started storing his urine in a fridge as he apparently feared that Page and a satanic coven planned to steal his bodily fluids to conceive the Antichrist. Bowie and Page first met back in 1965 when Bowie's band, the Manish Boys, hired a session guitarist, Page, then 21, to play on their cover of Bali Bland's I Pity the Fool. The pair spoke warmly to one another at the time, but their relationship would take a darker turn in the mid-70s. On night in February 1975, Page joined Bowie and American singer Aver Cherry for drinks at Bowie's Manhattan townhouse. As recounted in Paul Trinka's excellent um, Bowie biography, Starman, the atmosphere between the two English superstars was strained on the night and only worsened when Paige apparently spilled wine on some silk cushions and sought to deflect the blame onto Cherry. At this point, Bowie allegedly decided it was time for Led Zeppelin's guitarist to leave and told Paige, why don't you take the window? The two glared at each other. Paige seemed to be invoking dark forces against Bowie, who in turn says Ava Cherry wanted to show Jimmy that his will was stronger. Bowie was already aware of Aleister Crowley and had actually name-checked him in the song Quicksand in 1971 album Hunky Dory, but his fears that Paige's superior knowledge of Crowley would give him a more powerful command of the dark arts, which led Bowie to develop a full-blown obsession with Crowley and a mounting paranoia that ominous forces were to derail his life, which, to be fair, he was doing quite nicely himself at the time, while existing on a diet of cocaine and milk. As noted by rock critic Cassidy Ray in his book William S. Burroughs and the Cult of Rock and Roll, Bowie's cocaine-filled delusions 
actually led him to begin storing his own urine in a fridge uh, to thwart potential attempts by page-affiliated witches to conceive the Antichrist and some sex magic ritual. This is the most 1970s rock and roll thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I'm guessing the book must have just come out. Or something. Because I don't know why this is news. But you know what? That was a good time. That was a hoot and a half. So, <laughs> fun. All right, witches. <laughs> Honestly, this is just so 70s. Like, I, I see it. I see it. I, like, I have no question that this story isn't legit. Okay, witches. I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, May 15th. The waning crescent moon moves from the wide, wide world of Pisces to the singular focus of Aries today. Here, the moon conjuncts Neptune. When the moon conjuncts Neptune, we are prone to want to disassociate, to slip away from reality. Sometimes this detachment from reality can be a much-needed respite, providing some real rest and relaxation before we attempt to try to wrestle with reality again. Sometimes this inability to see what is real and what is not is a hindrance, not allowing us to get on with our daily routines. Usually Mondays aren't great days to not have both feet on the ground. So the advice is this. We can't really control the energy of this conjunction, but we can control how we react. We'll need to make room for fairies and their tales in our day, but we can also keep those daydreams limited to the times of day when we can afford to let our attention wander. When we feel ourselves drifting off course, just a gentle push toward the task at hand is all that's needed. Remind yourself that there will be time for dreams later in the day. Your daily moon mantra is, when you visualize, then you can materialize. This has been a daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. The Magic of Trees is not just a book on tree magic. It is about drawing on the strength of forests and tree energy to better connect with ourselves, other people, and the world around us. Each chapter reinforces meditations, spells, and rituals that will reconnect humanity with its roots at every stage of life. These practices take a hands-on approach to life and spiritual work. They lead to individual self-awareness and fulfillment through healthy natural practices. Plus, this text has the added benefit of fine-tuning spiritual tree connections, which never stop growing. Find the magic of trees wherever books are sold. All right, witches, we are back. So this is something from one of our listeners, Nick's. Nick's writes, topic sigils and dreams. Has anyone had a series of dreams over the years that seem connected, but you can't tell why? A couple of weeks ago, I was looking through some old dream journals. While the settings and scenarios were different, I did notice a theme of me not being able to speak. I've been working on making sigils of late and made one that I'm happy with. I will post a picture in the comments. I need a simple phrase to recall when I'm dreaming so I can draw the sigils uh, purpose out in my dreams. The phrase I came up with is unlock my voice. The sigil is pretty simple so I can trace the shape of my throat when it comes 
uh, and I can't speak. So yes, well, I want to talk about the recurring dream thing. I can't really talk on sigils because that's just not my uh, area, but let's talk about dreams and the symbolism uh, in dreams. So when I was young, I would have a reoccurring dream. I would say middle school through probably high school. I would have a reoccurring dream where I would be just going about my dream, whatever my dream was, and out of nowhere, like a portal would open in the dream, almost like it was in, like, like it was interrupting the dream. A portal would open, and I would. It's not like I saw anybody. I just felt somebody coming through the portal, like a like an entity, and I would just start running. And the dream was just me trying to run from this entity that like came through the portal. And I had this dream for years and years and years. It stopped eventually, so I'm not sure what that was about. Um, and another one I still have to this day is I'll have a dream that I'm back in high school and that like it'll be both the beginning of school and I like have a schedule and I'm trying to figure out where all my classes are slash it'll also be the end of the semester. And then I find out that there was a class that I was supposed to be at the whole time that I hadn't been going to. And I've been having this dream literally since high school. And I still have this dream in my 30s. So dreams are really unique. Um, but yeah, loss of voice. So that really is uh, super interesting. Um, let's see. So what I am going to do is I'm going to share kind of the internet interpretation of what this could mean, uh, but then I'm going to share kind of how I like to approach dream interpretation, which is like one of my favorite things. If you ever want me to interpret a dream for you, just like send me a message because <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um, however, it's usually very simple. So, um, okay. So this is from Hello Giggles. Oh, I used to love this website. I don't think it really is as active or as good as it used to be. But um, they interviewed somebody about dreams. Let's see who they interviewed. Uh, Nicole Eichelberger, a BSM sleep certified expert specializing in insomnia, apnea, circadian rhythm disorders, and consultant. So there's a lot to this voice thing. So I'm actually going to share quite a bit of it. Um. We often have dreams where we're trying to speak, but the words just won't come out. It can be super unnerving to dream about bugs crawling over you, but not being able to yell out. Uh, it's even scarier if there's like a fire and you can't yell. Um, other times we feel like we're in a bad version of a uh, Four Non Blondes video where we do scream at the top of our lungs, what's going on, only for no one to hear us, no matter how close they are to us and how loudly we shout. Um, I've actually have never had a dream like this. A paper on the subject of sounds and dreams published in PLOS1 reported that sound was present in 80% to 100% of their research participants' dreams, including 122 instances of the dreamer speaking. So dreaming about having no voice and other speech-related dreams are bound to happen to you at some point. Nicole says, overall, dreams of not being able to speak can be a sign that you need to work on your communication skills or address any emotional or psychological barriers that are preventing you from expressing yourself. It may be helpful to reflect on the emotions and situations in your waking life that might be contributing to these dreams and work on strategies to improve your confidence and uh, assertiveness. 
Dreams about losing your voice suggest a need for self-expression, assertiveness, and confidence. Dreaming that you have no voice may represent a feeling of being unheard or misunderstood. They could also represent your existing your existing insecurities, like feeling powerless or anxieties, which could signify a physical health issue, especially in terms of communicating effectively. You may be doubting your own voice or feeling uncertain about your opinions and ideas. Sometimes you try to speak in a dream, but nothing comes out and it feels awkward or scary, like a choking sensation taking over. This can be a sign that your subconscious mind is processing some emotional or psychological blockages related to communication. Maybe it's a subtle fear of judgment or rejection, especially related to giving or receiving criticism. It can also represent inner conflicts and low self-esteem. You may uh, doubt your own worth or feel inferior to others, which makes it difficult to assert yourself or speak up for what you believe in. One, I think that is a amazing interpretation. Like, it just as a general interpretation, I think that's really good. There's a reason why she has all those letters after her name. <laughs> um, okay. So I do actually, okay. So she has like a solution. She says it is possible to control your ability to speak or not speak in a dream with practice and intention. The technique for controlling your dreams is called lucid dreaming, which is the ability to become aware that you are dreaming while you are still in the dream state. I actually have an old thing I created years and years ago, which is a worksheet to help with lucid dreaming. Maybe I'll upload that onto the Patreon. Um, once you are aware that you are dreaming, you can, you can manipulate the dream environment and your actions within the dream. You can try doing some reality tests like testing your ability to speak, dream journaling when you wake up, and setting intentions before you go to sleep are also tips. Lucid dreaming takes practice and patience. With time and effort, you can develop the ability to control your dreams and improve your dream experience. Um, but honestly, what Nix has planned with the sigil seems like a great idea. That's a really good, like, lucid dreaming trigger. So I think uh, that's a good plan. How I like to approach um, dream interpretation is basically is I focus on the feelings that you feel during it. So the feelings that you feel before it happens and the feelings you feel after it happens. I tend to not focus so much on the actual symbolism or how the mind is interpreting those feelings because how i view it is that the brain like the brain is processing so the the feelings are what is true right so you have those feelings swirling around in you and your brain is just interpreting them into some imagery so i focus less on the imagery and more on the feelings surrounding it. So typically I'll tell people to focus on how did you feel before and how did you feel after? And that's the answer. Did you feel scared? Did you feel insecure? Did you feel powerless? Those are the emotions that are true to you right now. And now we have to ask ourselves, do I feel insecure and why? Do I feel powerless and why? Do I feel scared? Why? It might not, if it's fear, you might not be fearful that you're losing your voice, you may be fearful because um, there's a bill you know you can't pay by the end of the month. You know what I mean? So I, I focus more, again, on the feelings, the emotions, and less on the uh, way our brain is deciding to process those feelings and emotions. So that's typically how I like to approach it. 
All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Pietra Simmons. Pietra, you golden luminous oracle. Isabel, Isabel, you playful mystical tiger cub. Brianna Nibs, Brianna, you cunning, graceful Kraken. And finally, Krista Doran. Krista, you avant-garde, poetic, woodland fairy. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And now I'm just looking for my Buffy card book so we can do our Buffy card pull. Okay, where is it? To be fair, I was trying, I went through like a little thing earlier this week where I was like, I'm going to learn tarot and I'm going to learn the Buffy tarot. And then I decided, never mind. So there we are. All right. Our card today is the 10 of Skites. I need to learn how to say that word correctly. 10 of Skites from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Oracle. Heartbreaking check, inevitable check. Seems like you've arrived at the 10 of Skites. As Buffy once said, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. There is loss, pain, betrayal that cuts even deeper than enchanted weapons. But there is a silver lining with this card. The worst is over. You've done the hard thing, and now you can reclaim your energy and put it toward bringing something wonderful into your life. So be brave and get ready to live for yourself. All right, witches. Um, I said, is that all I've got? Um, yes, that's all I've got. Okay, witches. Uh, that's it. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.